nobody listen to this shit. Welcome to the Beyond Our Service podcast, where two veterans with wives and kids pretend to know what they're doing in life. We look at the good, bad, and ugly and laugh our way through it all. So come join us as we go beyond our service. Welcome back to the podcast, everybody. Today is February 7th, Sunday, and on this episode, we're going to talk about good and bad leaders, lessons learned, and we are going to do a review on Ted Lasso. So here we go. Here we go. Howdy. Howdy. All right, man. How you doing? (laughs) Good. How you been, man? I'm good. Good. How was your week? Week was good. Getting uh, into some busy school stuff, rounds of tests and whatnot. Um, I tried to play some golf, but it was so cold and windy that it just would have been absolutely miserable. I showed up and the golf course, I think there was like two other people there and they were leaving and they didn't look very happy. So I thought better of it, decided to go back home. Yeah. Yeah. No, super windy golf is and cold. I mean, it doesn't really hurt my game any worse than it is, but it's, it's miserable. What'd you guys do? Man. So this week was busy. Um, I'm an adult, so I don't go to school. Uh, so I had work, and that was busy. And then we had the podcast. Man, the podcast was busy. We had we had to get the stuff uh, up and going. And then we had the interview with Carl, which was great, um, and that's been great. So uh, if you haven't listened to that, um, our audience that I continue to talk to that doesn't exist, um, I need you to go to that and go listen to it. Uh, he's an incredible man, basically. A saint, a living saint. Yeah, I'd say the, um, best, the best thing you can say is that we, in a two-hour interview, we probably speak a total of 10 minutes combined. So if, if, you're, oh, yeah, if, you hate, if you hate hearing us, then this is exactly what you want to listen to. Absolutely. And it brings more wisdom and substance than we ever have or ever will. Correct. Yeah, it was definitely a good interview. I know it's long, but uh, if you can find a way to get all the way through it, I, I think you would be... Um, a lot better off for it. So we appreciate it yeah. as well. Yeah, man. Put that shit on one and a half speed, whatever you got to do on your deal and get it going. Um, but it was awesome. So then after we did that, uh, man, I was going to go hunting and then I have just not work has been really busy. So I haven't really done a lot of, um, I just haven't been home a ton, man. By the time I get home, I lay with the kids for maybe three minutes each before they go to bed. Just haven't really spent a lot of time with them, Renee, nothing. So, I decided against it uh, instead, and we went and had a movie night Friday, kind of a late. They didn't. They went to bed kind of early, and then we just kind of hung out and then um, watched Ted Lasso again, which Ayo. we're watching for the second time. Uh, we'll talk about that. And then, man, Saturday was great, dude. I did, we did. We woke up. Kids woke us up at like eight, and we didn't do anything. Like we went out. We went hiking. I mean, not that we didn't do anything. Like we didn't go anywhere. We went on a hike. We did a five-mile hike. We did, um, you know, just not inside, no TV, no phones, no nothing, just hung out with the kids and just just the family. And we hadn't done that in forever. The dog was with us pretty much the whole day, went to hike, went and did, got new hiking shoes for the kids, 
went and got some deer meat that was that was ready from the processor and then came home ate dinner watched a movie with the kids they picked the movie enchanted which is not terrible but it's pretty old because they still had blackberries and the razor nice motorola Ra- yeah dude the razor's awesome. back they have like a new one. i know have it you seen looks, it yeah it looks kind of sick dude i want it so bad it's the only <laughs> thing but it's like twelve hundred dollars or fifteen hundred dollars or something so i love how the iphone a little bit i love how iphone is like come back out with like the mini like smaller version it's literally like the original size of the iphone when they first that's came what out i have with it i yeah. have it like that's there's nothing special about just reverting back to the exact same body of the original iphone and just call it, it's ah, they make so much money off the dumbest except i hated when they went bigger i was pissed that they went bigger i was one oh, of the dude. few people I that was like man it's too one. big yeah, that's crazy. Like, I, I didn't like that. I was like, because I just put it in my pocket. I'm like, man, I don't well, my, I like my I don't front want pockets a bigger phone. So, I do put it in my front pocket, jackass. I know. I, I said, don't put my, I don't put I said my, my front pockets work <laughs> a lot better than yours, apparently, because I don't, I don't have a problem with the big phones. No, my, my front pockets work fantastic. I just don't like giant, bulky crap in my front pockets. It's ridiculous. I already got enough bulk in the front. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I can't wait to have Renee on to, to, to dispute that. Yeah. She would definitely fact check the hell out of that thing. I will say, um, I will say this. Um, my ex-wife Jenny texts me because apparently my kids have lice, and so she. Oh, gross! She, <laughs> this is dude. This is not the first time. So I don't know if like they breed it. I don't know if someone like yeah. there's, there's just a everlasting egg of lice in one of their heads. But she she texts me. She was not happy about it, and I of course laughed, but. I'm I'm not taking the blame for that. There's not lice in this house. No. There's no way. There's no way. No. I wash I wash the sheets. I wash the pillowcases. I've gotten two haircuts since they've been here. N- like, not a single itch on anybody's head. And well, then, you know, technically, lice only go on clean hair. Like, if your hair's super dirty, they don't like. I said that, I wash the apparently. sheets. I said I didn't say I wash myself. Well, then that means you have lice. No, no, no. Because I'm my hair's not clean. That's what I just said. Lice only like clean hair. I said I don't clean myself. Which means you have lice. Oh, no, you don't have lice. They like clean things. God, dude. Never mind. All right. It's been a long day. I was watching the Super Bowl. Yes. We should mention it quickly. It's worthless. Before we get into segment one, I called pretty much the entire playoffs right down to the winner. So yeah, you did. Apology, you did. apology accepted to all you doubters. Yep, I had the text messages to prove it. So you're right. Yeah, this it's game, a real thing. It was kind of disappointing though. I thought I thought the Bucks were going to win. Obviously, I said that, but I I thought it was going to be a hell of a better game than what it is. They just have dominated. Patrick Mahomes is like literally running around for his life getting smashed on every other throw, making throws like crazy, bouncing off his receiver's oh, yeah. heads. Like, he's getting no help. No, he's pulling, like, he's doing, like, miracle throws, and it's just there's just not getting caught. I don't think the receivers are ready. I don't think they they see him, like, falling, and they're like, all right, it's done, and then the ball hits him in the head. Yeah, I think they were just shell-shocked getting down that early because I think they – I think Tony Romo was talking the stat that, like, Patrick Mahomes has never lost – a game by double digits in the NFL. Yeah. That's insane. I did hear that, yeah. They've won like 25 out of the last 26 games. And I just think they were shell-shocked when they got down like that because 
just doesn't really happen. Or even when it did, like last year against Houston, like they came roaring back, and they just didn't didn't have the magic. But good for Tom Brady. Yeah, I guess I guess I'm happy for him. Um, all right, so what is episode? What is this episode five? So what are we talking about? Yeah, let's, first, uh, what's up? What's up first? Drop into segment number one. Talk a little bit about some uh, good and bad leaders. So, ooh, ooh, I like this. Let's do. I'm, it. I'm actually pretty excited about it. All right, here we go. All right, Steve-O, you're going to take the lead on this. When I when I talk Clearly. about <laughs> when I <laughs> what comes to mind for you when when you hear good and bad leaders, whether it be within yourself or your experiences or or what. Man, so I have done an insane amount of reading. Like I've read like one whole book on this. And I think, so when I was in the Army, one of the things that really speaks to me that always has, and I think I was in basic training. This isn't like, this was the most random. I can't even remember where we were, why this guy came up and talked, but he was some like command sergeant major E9 dude. He may have been the sergeant major of like the basic training th- th- command. I got no idea, really. I don't. I don't remember. Um, I remember we were about to eat. It was like a lunch or something, and we were waiting in line. And like, <clears throat> they made everybody just kind of sit back and parade rest or something. He everybody sitting at this huge auditorium. I don't know. It was weird. Um, but he came in and he was talking, and during one of his speeches, he started talking about. Um, leadership and he talked about the difference between commanding leadership and demanding leadership and his point was essentially if you are demanding leadership if you have to continue to demand people to follow you you're not leading anything you're not being a leader leaders do not have to constantly demand for people to follow them a good leader is someone who commands respect. They command people. Those are the guys that you or girls that you want to follow. You want to be a part of, you want them to be successful. You want to listen to them. You want, they kind of walk in that room and they kind of got that like, oh yeah, this guy's, yeah, you know, just this a is the boss. Yeah. yeah. And so that's something that, that I think that's a big, that's always made sense to me because even if in the civilian life, now that I own a business, I am the boss, you know, I've always, I kind of like in my world now, it's more like if you have to constantly remind your employees that you're the manager, they have to listen to you. They have to do what you say, or, Hey, my name is on the door. My name is on the, the bill in the front building, whatever. Um, you know, I think that should give you pause. I don't think that's a good sign. I think that's something that you should, have to sit back and think, all right, why, why am I constantly having to remind my own employees that I'm the guy that signs their checks? Like, I don't think that's a good thing to have to say. Yeah. I think, I think some of it is probably insecurities of leaders who just are not comfortable within their own position. And it kind of manifests through constantly having to, I guess, reiterate or reaffirm your control around the situation where it's pretty obvious to everyone who the boss is or who the manager is or whatever. So yeah, anyone who's constantly, it's adversely, that is just such a polarizing way to act towards the people you're leading. Like 
I would say 95% of people will react negatively to that leadership style where yeah they're just, and a lot of times I feel like that comes from leaders who aren't really technically proficient don't really know what they're doing and what they're talking about so rather than just leading through superior experience and knowledge it's I don't really know much so I just need to make sure that they know what power I hold yeah <clears throat> I agree. I think you hit the nail on the head too with, with self-confidence, confidence in their ability to lead, confidence in what they're doing. I have seen that. I've been around that a lot where you you have these people that, especially in the military, but even in the in the civilian world, before and after the military, I had managers and bosses that would, you know, they just, they seemed like the kid who got picked on a lot and in school and now they want to now that they have this power they have whatever um they're going to try to wield it and get people to do what they want um which never works and or never works out correct and over time you know you start to see those are the guys that have lots a really high turnover whether if they're a manager you know they're the ones that constantly can complain that you know the the millennials or whatever generation is below them you know, there's just, you just can't find good people anymore. That stuff you hear a lot. Like it just, it gets, you know, they just can't ever seem to find a good employee ever. And, you know, I think that's, there's only one problem. There's only one common denominator when it comes to that. And it's, it's you brother. It's you. Yeah. I will. There's definitely difficulties. It's not easy being in a leadership role or, you know, a boss, because there's a lot of difficult decisions that have to be made at times. You're like you're the one that's going to be stuck with, you know, unpopular, unpopular choices or decisions that are, are made. Like you're the one that has to, you know, kind of answer to that. And, um, but it's funny, like I try to compare kind of the differences of, of what I saw in the military versus since I've been out mm -hmm. and like, it's, very small differences like you're in different right. job you're in different jobs and different atmospheres but like the people like the parallels are just spot on like there, there really is no difference and um i saw it in jobs that i've had since getting out where guys and this is huge in the military communities where people just think that they are so crucial to the job that like nothing would function without them in that position of leadership and that if they ever left, everything would kind of fall apart. And so they hoard information and they, mm -hmm. they try to like, they're constantly trying to like prove their worth to higher ups or just ensure like, see, I know this and I know that. And like, what would you guys do if I wasn't here? And that, that is the kind of stuff that bugs me the most because when I was in the military, the best leaders like without question were the ones who just constantly tried to train people to do their job to where they didn't even you didn't even know if they were there or not and some people are like oh that's just laziness and for some people i'm sure they were taking advantage of that but it's also fantastic leadership because they're enabling everyone else with all this information and, and ability to just fill in and no, no matter who's there it's just plug and play and that's that's how it should be. I respect it a lot more, the leaders who took that kind of route. Yeah, I, man, I, I agree. I think that I, I think that to be – I kind of always joked. Um, I had a girl that worked for me, and she ended up becoming a, um, an insurance agent as well. 
and um, before she left, um, I, you know, she, we had, we had to sit down and I was talking about some of her strengths and some of her weaknesses and what I thought she would struggle with and what I thought she would be really good at. And I knew she'd be really good at pretty much everything. I think her, her biggest weakness was she always had the mentality when working for me was her mentality would be, she would get into a situation where she would kind of get stuck or she'd have to, um, she should have delegated. She should have, it wasn't necessarily her job. She was in sales. That's her primary role in my office. But someone would call in and she'd say, all right, you know, someone's on the phone or she'd say, screw it. I'll just do it myself. Screw it. I can do it faster than just asking for help. Screw it. I'll do that. I'll just step in and just do it myself. And that was in my world and in the type of business I'm in, the goals there's too many products. There's too many goals. The goals are too high to be successful. You cannot do this by yourself. And I would argue in pretty much every business, definitely in the military. Um, but man, I think anything in life, you just can't do it by yourself. And if you have that mentality, the people that have that mentality where man, if, when things start to get tough, I'll just do it myself. You, you can't, you can't rely on that. It's so easy to do. Yeah, so one of my to- I always joked with her. I said, "Look, you you kind of have to like some of the best business owners that I know, some of the best managers that I know of people, are like just a, just the right amount of lazy, because they're so good at delegating. Because they're they get to a point where they're like, I just don't want to do that. I just don't want to even do that, and I don't want to do that either. So they're like, uh, <laughs> you do this, you do this, and you do that. That's because my kind of guy, just, right? They're like, man, I yeah, I mean, I could do it, but." I don't want to. And so, but what ends up happening is you empower your employees, you empower the people that are underneath you and you help them get and understand and educate them and you build their confidence and they know what they're doing. They know how to do it. And then that allows you, if you're a good leader, manager, you know, good leader, especially if you're in the business side, whatever, it doesn't matter business or not. The good leader, yes, it, it could allow you to do, you could take advantage of it, but then I would argue you're not being a good leader because it's going to bite you in the ass at some point. Anyway, if you can empower and help your people understand how to do things and they don't need you as much and you're, you have the self-confidence to, to feel that. And some people don't, they want to be needed the whole time. Always. They don't want anything. That's the micromanager, right? Like I hate that word because in the military we were taught that um, I think that the civilian world thinks a lot of times they associate micromanagement with um, accountability. You think in the so, business side that they think that? I think so. So when they, I, I've had I managers. I think they think of it as a pain in the ass and annoying. Well, no, think, they, no, 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 no. I, I'm sorry. So. They, what, what I say, and what I'm pretty sure is accountability, they call micromanaging. Okay, they swap you. them. Their perception okay. of accountability is yes. micromanagement in the business Correct. side. Okay. Yes. Thank you for, that's what I meant. That. Gotcha. So because you get in the military, they always say, and, and like, you know, you, an inspector, you can't expect what you don't inspect. Um, you always, you know, spot check. You always go through your guys. You always say, all right, you know, pick a few and say, all right open your bag. Maybe let me, let me see your packing list. Let me see your, 
this, that, and the other. And if somebody screwed up, then you got to go over and go, all right, now go to the next guy. Oh, he screwed up. And then, then everybody's screwed, right? Everybody's got to dump their bags. Everybody's got to go through their stuff. So I, I think that's just <laughs> what's <laughs> no, I just, as soon as you said that, all I could think about was that my wife who's on deployment right now is in the, in the air force and they do things way differently because yeah. they were on 14 day quarantine in Ohio before they left. Obviously they don't check people's stuff and all that nonsense. So she gets a text from a dude like on her stick who said like, he just realized a day before they're leaving that he forgot to pack like uniform bottoms. <laughs> so, so he has like, no pants so, like, so no uniform pants what what did you pack for deployment here guy <laughs> like are you kidding me oh, he's and in the so, air force so he probably packed like an xbox big <laughs> yeah. screen tv so i had like and i just died laughing it was one of those random like aha moments where you're like man i hated all like those gear inspections and all of like the quote unquote micromanaging of the military. And this is exactly why they do it. Because and this, yeah, exactly. this <laughs> schmuck who decided I don't need to pack my uniforms for deployment. Like, are you kidding me? Because of that guy. Yeah. That freaking guy. Well you said that. That's so, just what I thought of. Well no, and that's that's the thing is it's so when you tell someone what to do, you can't you got you, you gotta ask them and you have to hold them accountable. And going back, yes, I'm sure you could get to a point. There is a line where it does become micromanagement, but you've got to, if you tell your people, Hey, y'all need to do this. We're going to do, um, or you tell, if I look at you and I say, Hey, I need you to do this, 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 and this by uh, Friday, by the end of the week, you know, get it done. And then if I don't ever come back and ask you or hold and ask, say, Hey, did you, where are you at on this? I know you got till Friday. I'm not rushing you. You just, have you gotten some of it done or where are you at? Or if we get to Friday and I never ask you, then we get to like the next Friday for whatever reason, whatever the timeline is, the example. And I need you, I need that stuff to be done now. And it's not done. That's on me as a leader. That's my fault too. Yeah. Because I didn't even ask. I didn't even check on it. And so, yeah, you, there's a line. You can't, you can't, I can't come back every hour on the hour and, and say, okay, where are you at now? Okay. Where are you at now? Okay. Where are you at now? That's micromanagement, but I mean, they're grown ass people, like, right? They should be able to hit a deadline. Exactly. But it should be, you know, sometimes we hold, I, I, you got to have accountability. You got to check. That's okay. To a point, obviously micromanagement is real. And I think it is a, it's a huge problem and it'll drive people away faster than just about anything else. Um, but you know, when I got out, I remember hearing that all, I feel like that's just a hot button word. Like, Oh, he's a micromanager. Oh, she's a micromanager. My manager sucks. He's a micromanager. And sometimes you I'll pry and I'm like, Oh man, that's so tell me about that. You know, how was he like, I've been in interviews and done this before of other people you know, to come work for me. And they're like, well, he would tell me what to do, what, what I needed to be done. And then God, the nerve. And then he would ask me like the day before, like three days later, he would like just ask and see if it was done and like eat before it was due. And I'm like, that is, I mean, that just sounds like a, like a conversation. I don't even yeah, think that's even, that sounds like a dude just trying to check on you. Yeah. Like, good Lord. Yeah. That's, so I mean, I that's pathetic. I think a lot of it comes down for most of it comes down to communication. I think if you're, if you're transparent and you tell people why, why things have to be done, yeah. As annoying as it is sometimes when you just want to be like, because I'm the, like, because I said so. And I get it sometimes yep. where like leaders have their breaking point, but 
I just think transparency and, and as much information is empowering for people to understand why they're doing what they're doing, why it's important. And they're just going to be, they're going to feel a little more, you know, important, empowered by it. But, uh, well, I think that's where it comes down to. That's what, that is what, uh, has made the demand versus command thing. So profound to me. It's so simple, but I have caught myself before. I to, I've told my team this before when I first started everything. Like, I, I will never say, you know, get angry and be like, whose name is on the door? My name is on the door. You have to listen to me. That's a D-bag because move. It's such a D-bag move, but I have been tempted to do it just like you said. There is line. There's times where you just get frustrated, and you want to be the, just become your parent and go, because yeah. I said so. Right. And so when I, it's like a litmus test when I feel like that and I, and I realize that's what I'm doing or I'm, I'm tempted to say that because I'm getting frustrated on the inside, then that's kind of a red flag for me. And so that, that causes, and, and if for anyone that's a leader or a manager, I would, you know, I'm not perfect by any means. I have not written a leadership book. I am not some freaking leadership guru, but I have made plenty of mistakes in the five years I've been a business owner. I made plenty of mistakes in the army and I've done some things right. But, um, you know, if that happens and you, you, you have that moment where you get frustrated, you want to say, because I said so, or because I'm your boss or because my name's on the door, blah, blah, blah. I would strongly suggest you stop and step back and question yourself. Why are you getting, why are you at the point where you have to remind people that? Because yeah. just like you said, it's probably my fault. It's probably, and there's a book called Extreme Ownership, and it's a great book. And because it's probably something you need to take ownership on, and you probably need to sit back and go, all right, I, maybe I haven't communicated this well enough. Maybe they have no idea why the deadline is the way, is so important. Maybe they've just, they're totally in the dark, and they're just, there's no sense of urgency because I didn't paint the picture correct enough. I did a poor job leading them and explaining to them why this this certain thing is so important and now i'm just pissed and frustrated and I just and i feel like they're just not listening yeah. but in reality i failed them at the beginning because they thought they had you know a month and they really only have a week or whatever yeah i mean that's the, the best thing you can do in all of life when things are going wrong or you're upset or you know anything's not going the way you want is to look in the mirror right yeah, I think if 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 you if most people attacked every situation that way, I think a lot of things would be better off. But uh, yeah, I mean, we could talk about leadership like this for ever, and I'm sure it's not going to be the last time that we. No, we'll hit this again. Talk I think that, it. man, I think because I think there's so much, there's so much in it. There's so leadership is so important when you talk about leaders and leading leading our families, um, being a leader in your your community your friends, whatever. I mean, it's, it's, it's everywhere. And it's an extremely important skill that I do believe can be developed. Well, in the meantime, let's go to segment two, where we're going to talk about lessons learned in life. This should be good. Oh yeah. All right. So lessons learned. I know, uh, Steve-O, you have a pretty prevalent one that you want to talk about oh yeah um, <laughs> i do i have a special one today do you want to you want to do yours first or you want me to go 
No, no, you go first. Uh, I've got mine. All right. The first one, I'm going to do a stupid one. This is a childhood lessons learned. This is a shout-out my buddy Mike, my, uh, my best friend growing up in Massachusetts. <laughs> Get a kick out of this. So when we uh, – I was playing hide-and-go-seek in Massachusetts with Great my – Great game. Yeah, with my buddy and with my youngest sister. At this time, we had still moved there pretty recently, so we had tons of, like, the wardrobe moving boxes – that you could like hide oh, yeah, inside. Yeah, yeah. We had an unfinished basement that was just like full of like half empty boxes and it was Fort city, but we, we had played so much that we were like, all right, we need to figure out a new place to hide. And so my dad had this 1994 Nissan Altima and the center seat in the back came down as like a little armrest. But then you also oh, had okay, a little yeah. latch you could pull down that gave you access to the trunk. And so it's only the size of like the cutout, of the center back of a, yeah. a seat in a car. And so yeah, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. So I have crawled through there multiple times. And so this is summer, Massachusetts, hundred percent humidity. It's like probably about 98 degrees outside. And my dad's car is parked in the garage and my parents are about to go for a walk. And like they usually go for a walk for like an hour or so. And they were like, hey, we're going to take off in like five minutes. We're like, yeah, whatever. We're not paying attention. I get my buddy Mike. I said, hey, I got our next hiding spot. And I take him outside to the garage. And I said, hey, man, let's hide in the trunk. And he's like, well, how the hell are we going to get out? I was like, no, dude, check it out. So I get out of the trunk. The door's open at this point. I go around the inside of the car to show him how the latch goes down. Basically subconsciously knowing that I can't open it from inside the trunk, which is why I, <laughs> which is why I get out and open it from the inside. And, he, and then I, I show how I crawl back into the, into the trunk. And my buddy's like, oh, sweet, let's do it. So we close the latch up, close all the doors, and lock ourselves in the trunk. Oh, my God. <laughs> it took about five seconds for my buddy Mike to realize that I'm an idiot and I can't get this latch open. And that's why I went through the seat and he starts pounding on the trunk. He's like, at this point he's frantic. Cause he's like, I'm going to die in the trunk with this idiot. Yeah. Oh my God. hundred percent humidity. And I think my parents, my mom came like rushing into the garage. She opened up the trunk and she just was like mortified. She's like, what are you guys doing in the trunk of this car? <laughs> how long were we all but, in there i mean it was probably like it probably was a little between five and ten minutes so did they just come back no th or so had they, they not they left hadn't yet? quite left yet and i think uh -huh. i think they were walking i think they went out the front door and our garage was like in behind the house like those colonial styles and they heard the pounding because my buddy mike was pissed he was not happy and so we He's smart kid. Yeah, we hop out and he was like ready to go home at that point. And I was just like, <laughs> yeah, you tried to murder him. <laughs> I was just like, hey, man, that murder, was, suicide. I was like, that wasn't that bad. And I'm, I'm pretty sure his mom was like very it, it, she at least took pause for a moment about whether she was ever going to allow him to come back to my house and play. <laughs> this Dude, was like fifth Renee grade. Would, <laughs> if, if Stevens had a friend uh, that did that. First of all, Steven would be the one, my son would be the one to like be you and be like, let's go in the, in the, in the oh, cars. Yeah. Oh my God. I can't even think of what it is now. Trunk. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Steve, Lily or Renee would probably be like, no, no, those, we don't play with that kid anymore. 
yeah, he knew. He knew how dumb it was, too, but I just convinced him. I was very convincing in my argument as I went around yeah. and showed him exactly Clearly. what. <laughs> but. See, you have to get outside the car, then you have to go inside the car and let him out. So we should just lock ourselves in here. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, I'm smart. So that's, uh, that was the, one, the first childhood lesson learned that uh, came to mind. What do you got? Okay, so I've got one that's um, about as stupid. So maybe not as stupid because it had less I, – I, I didn't almost die. So when I was a kid, I, man, I don't know. I was living in apartments in Alabama, so I must have been – I had – I was probably like five or six, somewhere around there. Um, and my dad always had these, those little like Swiss army knife, like keychains, the really skinny little ones. Yep. And so they had that tiny little blade on them. Well, he would break the blade off and he would give it to me and that would be my knife. Right. So it had the, like the nail filer and that was pretty much it. Uh, the little tweezers and the toothpick. And the toothpick. Hell yeah. Yes. The little red one. Right. So I would rock that feeling cool. Well, then I finally got a little bit more. I don't know, older or um, bored with that. So I finally, like, after just constant, constant nagging, I talked my dad into letting me have one with a blade on it and not take breaking it off. So the day that it happens, the day he gives me the knife, I go outside and I decide to, like, whittle on a stick, like sharpen at the end of a stick, and I decide to cut, I'm cutting at it, cutting at it, cutting at it. And then I decide to cut, for whatever reason, cut down <laughs> towards me. <laughs> and I sliced the, I mean, right into my thumb, just like, you know. You'll shoot your eye out. <laughs> yeah, basically. He's like, you're going to cut yourself. I'm like, I'm not going to cut myself. I mean, literally couldn't have been an hour later. I freaking dig that stupid blade into my knife, into my freaking thumb. And that's just the top going straight into it. And I had to go in and I didn't even cry. I was just pissed. I was annoyed yeah. that I had to go and like knife tell them gone. like, my, yeah, <laughs> see you later knife. That yeah. you know, just bought me another whole year. Like, God dang it. So I go and do that. So that was my lesson learned. You don't cut towards you when sharpening a, a stick. Or really when you're cutting anything with a knife, you don't cut towards you. Fast forward. Now I'm a dad. I buy Stephen and Lily a knife, the same knife, the same little Swiss Army little baby knife. This was probably two years ago, and I give it to both of them. We have a full-on – now, granted, my dad did not do this with me. He just gave it to me, and he said, don't cut yourself. I took it a step further, gave him like a full like 20-minute safety course <laughs> on what not to do. I told them I my story. that's called micromanaging. Yeah, apparently. So, because yeah, it worked so well for my dad to not <laughs> micromanage. So, I told him my story, and I'm like, hey, this is what happens. I cut towards myself. I cut my thumb open pretty good. It's It wasn't fun. It sucked. It hurt. Lillian, I, I, they're all taking it very serious. So, a little bit later, they're, like, sharpening it, and they're getting it pretty good. Everything's doing well, and I'm sitting there watching them really closely. And Steven's, he's super young, so he's, like – four and so i'm like all right you know being really watching him mostly look at lily a couple times and she looks at me and she's like i swear to you she looks at me and she's like dad this is really easy i cannot believe you cut yourself <laughs> why in the world would you ever cut down towards yourself and i was like geez 
wow, thanks. Um, I was like, you know, I was, I just made a mistake. I didn't know. So later that night, we have her, she has a friend over. We're trying to make s'mores. She decides she's going to sharpen her own stick for a s'more. I'm inside. She's outside. Renee is with her. The other mom is with her. And then all of a sudden they come running in. She's crying like crazy. She cut down towards herself, cut her thumb this exact same way I did. <laughs> and like a good, intelligent, wise, mature father, I looked at her laughing and said, Lily, how could you cut yourself like that? It's so easy. <laughs> You're so dumb. She, she like, it stopped crying and was just like, really? <laughs> like, Stop it, Dad! And I was like, "Oh, what?" She knew. All of a sudden, now, it's like, oh, I was just like, it went straight, mm, it went straight from mm. from pain to embarrassment, straight to the "I told you so." Laughing at her. Once I kind of realized there was like three seconds of maturity and self control when I realized she wasn't going to have to have stitches. It wasn't that bad. Then I then I laid it on pretty heavy, um, and so that's where this today's story was supposed to end. <sighs> Until this morning. My son, and I'll put a picture on Instagram or something of his hand. My son, I had let him like a month ago use one of my pocket, my pocket knives, like one of my bigger ones. And we were messing with sticks again and stuff. And again, watching him closely, he did great. He was much better at it than he was a couple of years ago. Definitely taking, taking, you know, being really careful. And, um, then he, so he, He's like, we're opening up a little, like a really small, you know, when you get like a, like a toy car or something, anything that requires batteries, they have like the, it's like a pack of three or two and it'll just be like lightly plastic wrapped around it. Yeah. So he had two packs of those. So he's cutting them and I help him. He's like, of course he begs me. He's like, Hey, can I go get one of your pocket knives and can I cut it open? And I'm like, "Mm, yeah, sure. Why not? So... He soon answered that you question. Pause, so I, you pause, knowing it's not a great idea, and then say, yeah, sure, yeah. go for it. I'm like, ah, I mean, come on, I'll be right here. So we open up one. I help him. He does a fine job. He's cutting. I'm a, I literally said, like, make sure you're cutting away. Make sure when you, like, if you cut through, it's going to go not at you, all this stuff. So he does it. I help him a little just to make sure he gets, he's good. All right, perfect. Like, all right, do the next one, just like that one. And be careful. I'm going to go get coffee. I literally walk <laughs> 20 feet, 20 freaking feet to go get the coffee. As I'm pouring coffee, I look up over him just to check. And I see three. I see, see blood just dripping onto the ground. <laughs> and he is sitting there just looking at the bat. He's picking up. I guess when he opened it, one of the batteries rolled away from him. Oh. So he walks over. He's like trying to pick it up and something was just, you could tell like something wasn't right. So he like put the knife down and there's just blood. There's like five <laughs> drops of blood. And I'm like, what, what happened? What are you doing? <laughs> and he just looked at me and I think he, he wasn't even crying. It's like, he knew, I think part of it, like, just like I did in my mind was like, damn, but now I got to put up this knife. Like I'm not going to get to have the knife anymore. But he just kind of looked at me and he's like, uh, I don't know what happened. And dude, he cut himself. It was pretty good. We thought he was going to need stitches. A little filet of finger. Yeah, we took him to the emergency room, and um, really the problem was he cut like long ways down his finger from his from like the base of his fingernail down to like his middle knuckle, 
So anytime he bent his finger, he was going to open it up. Right. So we thought he was going to need stitches. So we went in. It really wasn't that deep. It wasn't as deep as we thought. So they just they uh, butterflied it and then they glued his finger shut. And they're like, yeah, in like five days, he should be fine. So they put a little splint in it. That was the only problem, just the bending thing. So yeah. So life lesson, lesson learned: don't <laughs> cut towards you, dude. When you told me about this story, so when I got remarried, I got my stepson a knife. Like it was going to like this monogram way to go stepdad. Yeah. This monogrammed knife and I forgot to customize it. So there was no monogrammed initials on it. It was just like a random knife, but he was excited about it. And of course, Eve was just like kind of rolling her eyes. I was like, whatever, it'll be fine. So we took him outside at this, we're in like Boulder, Colorado. And he starts like whacking it like a machete. It's like a two inch, it's like a two inch (laughs) blade. And I'm like, all right, man, like have at it, go to town. And then he starts like stabbing rocks and it just shot. He hit the tip on a rock and it shot through his hand. And I was just like, ah, I was like, oh, his hands. I was like, his hand is going to be sliced apart. And I was like, he like looked at me and I was like, open your hand. And there was no blood. And I took the knife and he has not seen that knife to this day. (laughs) I was like, so how did he not stab himself? I have no idea. I have no idea. Have you ever seen that though? Oh, like in a weird. movie where somebody like tries to like slash a tire, like straight in, and they just ends up like their hand slides because the knife stops. Oh yeah, yeah, well, yeah. He so had he, like, such slid a up. He it. had such a loose grip on it that he stabbed the the rock and it just slid backwards through his hand. But oh, okay, yeah, yeah. But didn't. No, I see what you're saying. But it didn't cut him. And I was like, you'll never know that this knife even existed. Never again. No. <laughs> never again, sir. Yeah, my. Steven asked me later tonight when I put him to bed, he, we were talking about it a little bit and he's like, yeah, I still don't know. I was like, dude, what did you do? Like, how did you even cut? Cause he cut the top of his finger on the hand. He was holding the battery. I'm like, how did you, what were you doing? And, and he tried to like reenact it and it just didn't make sense. I go, well, fog of war. So obviously you're going to have to wait a little bit before you can, <laughs> you get to have one of my knives. And he was like, yeah, but I mean, but like how long? I'm like just longer than now. <laughs> You're not. We don't have the greatest. You can't get not of leverage yeah, not with six. mom right now. Sorry. Yeah. Oh, dude. Oh, that was another great thing. Is like <laughs> Renee is obviously just giving it to me because I was well deserved. Totally my fault. Um, she was not happy about it. And then Stephen, I get. I looked at Stephen. I was like, dude, it's not your fault. You're not in trouble. And then Lily pipes in and goes, Yeah, Stephen, it's not your trouble. You just blame Dad. Dad's fault. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like. Well, she's not wrong either, so that's nice. Oh, man, that's good. All right, that, yeah, that was my – I love knives. But when you play with knives, you you might get cut at some point. All right, man. Um, well, we're, what do you want to do? Do you want to do one more of uh, lessons learned, or do you want to get into Ted Lasso? No, I think we're good, man. I think let's go to Ted Lasso. I think we've got – Yeah, I agree. There's going to be so many segments of lessons learned with our Yeah, this stores. is definitely going to have to be probably end up – I don't know how – it won't be like every – like a set amount of times, but I definitely think we're going to um, have this come back because there's lots of lessons to be learned. All right. On to segment three then, the review of Ted Lasso. Da, 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 da. Okay, so – if you have not seen this show, I can't guarantee you. I haven't thought out exactly all I'm going to say. So I may word vomit and just completely 
It's all right. Spoiler the crap out of this Dude, thing. So just, if you haven't seen just it, mansplain it all. You may need to go watch some of it first before you listen and come back. I'm not going to throw. Don't, or if you just don't care, I would. I would. Just, I'd say you can talk about it without throwing too many, too many spoilers in there. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not going to do like the. We're not going to talk about like how it all ends and stuff. But um, this show. Me and Renee stumbled upon this. Excuse me, that's a total and complete lie. I did not <laughs> stumble upon this. <laughs> Dude, just because you're a broadcaster doesn't mean you can yeah, say whatever the hell you want. It sounded like brilliant broadcasting <laughs> at that moment, so I went with it. Um, that's not at all. How, I did not stumble upon this at all. So I was listening to a radio station. I am a um, P1 for those of you who know what that means, I listen to the ticket. It's a sports radio station here in Dallas, Fort Worth. You, you can watch, you really can listen to it all over the place now, but, um, it is awesome. And the morning show is called the musers and they're actually the number one morning talk show in all of the United States, not just in sports radio because they don't just talk about sports. It's a five and a half hour show. So they don't just talk sports. And so, which is my kind of, I like sports, but I don't follow sports that close to just talk freaking X's and O's. And you can't like do it on a show damn day. that long. Like it just becomes no. cumbersome. Right. So I'm saying, I heard it, it came up like two or three times. Brain dumped it, didn't care. They said it was on Apple Plus. I didn't have Apple Plus. So I was like, screw that. Then it came up again. And then it came up again. And so they start, then they did a review on it, like we're about to do or we're doing now. And I, about halfway through, I was like, all right, because they did, they got pretty deep into it. I was like, all right, crap, I got to, I got to stop. So I decided to listen to it. Well, then I remembered when I bought uh, this computer, actually. So this Mac, I came with like three months or six months, whatever it was. Yeah, maybe a year. I don't have a clue. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to go check it out. So I started. You do if you don't have a new Mac product, you do get seven day free trial. It is ten episodes. They are thirty minutes each. I guarantee you. I actually challenge you to try and watch ten episodes and spread that into seven days. No, I did I it. Almost promise you, it's impossible. I did it in like twenty eight hours, all ten. Dude, it's it's insane. We started the first one, then and it was okay. It was all right. It's all right. Okay. Started the second one, watched three more after that. Renee stayed awake the entire time. Renee, abs- I mean, literally, like, we're both just, like, looking at the clock, like, damn it, it's it's like midnight. We got to go to sleep. We got to go to work. She's got to go to work. She, I was like, I mean, it's only 30 minutes, so we can do one more. She's like, no, we got to, we can't. So then I'm like, well, I might stay up and watch one more. She was pissed. And usually with shows, she's not, she don't care, right? Like she'll, she'll watch some, but it's rare that we get, like we both get that sucked in. So, so did you watch dude, it by yourself? It's incredible. Yeah, I did. I watched yeah, one. You're a class act. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'd have done the same Beca- thing. Bro. And honestly, I'm not lying. I was, I was like, all right, I'm going to, I had to stop. Cause I was like, I watched the whole season tonight. This is too much. I got to stop. It's so freaking good. So I went back and then we watched it again. Like I was like, oh no, I'm happy to watch that whole episode again. And so we did. We watched through it, man. It was it's incredible. I don't know what else to say, but it's it's incredible. So I'll say this when you first because you've been nagging me forever to watch it. I finally watched it yes. all this week and I blew through it. Like I said, it took like less 
just about less than a day to watch all 10. Um, but I really thought I kept seeing the ads for it and I kept thinking it was going to be like this. Okay. Hillbilly American goes to be a manager of a, a soccer club in England. Like I thought it was going to be really over the top corny, like hick humor. I thought it was like basically going to be Will Ferrell's kicking and screaming in like a TV series and I kicking and screaming is hilarious. I love Will Ferrell, but like, it's fine in a short movie, but not like a series. It was not at all like that. Like, no, completely different. So it's Jason Sudeikis, right? He's the main character. He is Ted Lasso. So Ted Lasso is to give the backstory. So Ted Lasso is the character. That's also the name of the show, Ted Lasso. So he's the head coach. He is a D two college football coach that gets hired by a, by the owner of a premier league soccer team in England. She and you find all this out in like the first five minutes. So she gets a divorce. Her husband's cheating on her. She decides she's going to sabotage this team because that's really the only thing he's ever loved is this club. And so she hires Ted Lasso to come in. Ted Lasso is the ultimate optimist. He's like the nicest, most genuine human on the freaking planet. And he comes in and he has his assistant coach with him, Coach Beard. And so it's freaking hilarious. I mean, it is funny. He does do a lot of dad jokes. He does a lot of, like, corny humor. But at the same time, like, dude, I just – I feel like they do such an amazing job. And I'll regurgitate some of it. What I heard on the radio was something this show does that's different than a lot of other shows is where a lot of shows will have, like, they'll have where – you have one angry, mean person, and then everyone else around them is good, and they all eventually make the bad person good. Mm-hmm. And this show is where you have a lot of angry, bitter people, and this one person comes in that's yeah. super happy and genuine and just a nice person and cares, and he just infects everyone. And they just, they're almost like, it, they're frustrated because how much they just start to like him yeah. and how much they they respect him and love him and he just keeps going man he just they can't help it and then eventually it just kind of bleeds into everybody else and makes everybody else good yeah that's I, th- that is unique in the story where like there's just the one kind of shining light that is the eternal optimist that kind of wins over the day i was a I, it was surprising how many like layers of like emotional storylines they had on there because Mm -hmm. even throughout like it's it's a comedy but it's very dramatic at times and it's definitely like it it touches on like the real subject specifically divorce so like it hit harder with me being divorced and then seeing like the stages of the owner of the soccer club like kind of like her stage of the divorce she's incredibly bitter she's like literally just trying revenge at all points and like everything mm-hmm. she's doing is trying to destruct her ex-husband, which I think like that kind of sentiment is like relevant in a divorce, not to that stage of like tangibly physically trying to like ruin someone, but like emotionally, like that's there at some point on both sides, like that's kind of there. Yeah. And then also sure. you have Ted Lasso throughout who is going through one of his own and you actually right. see in one episode, like it basically he finally like comes to grips with it. And, like, the emotional breakdown he has, like, that's real, too. Right. And, like, that's – Yeah. So, like, there was, like, different stages of this. Um, and there was, like, a lot of layers 
of emotions on there, but they, they did such a good job of not making it too high, not making it too low. And like, it just complimented itself. Great. But yeah, I was like, we're season two right now. Yeah, man. I feel like, like I told this to a lot of people and me and Renee said this when we were watching it, you cannot help, but feel really good after every episode. Like yeah. every episode you feel good. Like you feel happy or you feel like it's not a weighty, like freaking life suck of a, of a show. Um, it is funny. There's some funny parts in it. There are some heavy parts in it. Um, the acting is, I think is fantastic by everybody. Um, Nate is gotta be one of my favorite characters on the planet. Um, <laughs> that, that guy, everything he says cracks me up. Um, but they just do such a good job. Like he, he just comes in, and a great example is like he asks the driver's name, and then he goes through, and then he asks, he talks to Nate, and Nate is the equipment manager, and he asks Nate what his, what his name is, and Nate's like, oh, uh, I, no, no one ever asked me my name. And then I love, I love in, uh, I think it's like the second episode, they're out on the practice field, they're practicing, and he turns to Nate and asks him to like come here, and he's like, hey, Nate, come here. And Nate's like, well, are you talking to me? And he's like, until we get a different Nate, I'm going to need you to just assume that you are the number one Nate. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. You're the primary Nate at this in this place. But uh, it is, God, it's so funny. And just, you know, it is an example. So when they have to go to like that, uh, the, bal- or the banquet, and she asks Ted who's his plus one, and it, it's not Dr. Uh, Coach Beard, because Coach Beard has a date. So he's like, oh, I'm going to take Nate. And she's like, who's Nate? And because they're screaming across the field, and he's like, Nate, like right here. He's Nate, Nathan. And she's like, oh, okay, nice to meet you, Nathan. <laughs> and he's been the equipment manager there for years. Yeah. <laughs> she has no idea who he is. But, uh, yeah, man, I don't know. It just it's, it's, It is such a happy show. It feels so great. It's such a different pace than the – a lot of shows we've been watching over the last few years, which is really heavy scandal. You know, you've got, um, well, I guess there's a show called scandal, but then there's also like even a good one. I like the Witcher, but that was still, there's a lot of like, just, just a lot of down stuff. Yeah, and sometimes no. like I get, I get drawn in with those, um, like the crime shows and the, the thrillers mm-hmm. and stuff. But like, dude, some of those are just exhausting to watch. It's like an hour of twists and turns. You have like anxiety over what's going to happen next. Like sometimes you're just like, ah, I need to be able to just relax and just have all the good feels and watch like a, just turn your brain off and watch a good show. <laughs> dude, it really is. It's, it's not, uh, it just feels like it's just such a great show. I swear to you. This is the only show series that we've watched where we got to the end and Renee made a great point. She was like, got to the first off, we got Don't to give the end and like I didn't that. know. I didn't, I know. Sorry. She hates us so much. She just um, craps on us all the time. And you're just, <laughs> you're just raising her up like some angel. I'm just kidding, Renee. I'm just that kidding. That woman is an absolute saint. Um, so she puts up a lot. But um, including this podcast while she's trying to sleep. So when we shoot, we get to the end and I'm like, hey, by the way, I think this might be the season finale because it was it was episode 10. I didn't really look and see how many episodes there was. And she goes, um, wait, what? 
And I was like, yeah, I think this is the last one. She's like, I am not emotionally prepared for this <laughs> to be the last one. <laughs> I was like, so you don't watch it. Yeah, I was like, well, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. It's, I'm pretty sure it's it. She's like, okay, well, let's watch it. So we watched it, and it was the end, and she was like, I am I am physically sad <laughs> that this is over. And is it weird if we watch it again, if we just watch the whole series again? And we have. We've actually watched all last this last week. We've watched freaking Ted Lasso again. I, I don't yeah. know. Dude, I can't believe we've actually watched this. We've never done that with the show. Where we're just like, screw it, let's watch the whole season again, back to back. I mean, I get watching like, you know, sometimes you get a good show and you forget what happened in the end. So the second season comes out, you watch the first last couple episodes or whatever to remind yourself of the storylines and right. the characters. But this is just like, no, I just want to relive the whole freaking thing. It's amazing. I think it just like is a show of what people needed to be able to watch in a time that is like societally completely opposite. So then you watch that and you're like, yeah. That is what we need in the world right now. Yep. It's a little Ted Lasso. A little Ted Lasso. Hell yeah, we do. So who's your favorite character? Um, or, yeah. Uh, I, dude, I love Higgins. Oh, God, yeah. Okay. Higgins is just a, a total mess. He's, I don't know. I think it was, like, his character, because it was a perfect example when, when she forgave him. Right, because originally yeah. he, she kind of was dragging him along as like, I hate you for enabling my husband to cheat on me for all those years. And so yep. now you're going to be an accomplice in like me trying to sabotage this whole thing. And then like somewhere along the line, she was, <laughs> yeah, she, she was, no, that's not what it was. <laughs> but she was like, she, no. no, she was touched by like Ted Lasso's, I don't know, grace and mercy and forgiveness. And so she like, yeah. she paid it forward to somebody else in her life. But that dude's hilarious. Yeah, I liked him. I loved Keely. Yeah. Because I she thought was when, she, when you place. Dude, when you first meet her, you think she's like kind of a like a skank or something. You're like, well, I don't know. I don't know about this one. And she doesn't seem all that good. And it turns out she's basically just a female British Ted Lasso. Like she's just yeah. super genuine. She owns up to everything. If she makes a mistake, she immediately apologizes. She just she's super carefree and like just out there. But she's so sweet. She is so nice. You know, just everything yeah. about her, it just makes her, you love her. And, like, that's that's another thing about the show, dude. I don't, so who do you hate in the show? Like, what character is the bad guy I mean, you Rupert, truly hate? Rupert would be the easy answer to that, right? Because he is just a, a vindictive douchebag through and through. Right, and they don't ever, so he's the only character that you ever, that I could hate throughout the whole thing that you can't. You don't know their backstory to where you could um, you could feel for them at all. They didn't humanize him much at all, no. which I think is good. They were, he was definitely the villain, right? Mm -hmm. But then, like, you've got Jamie Tart. He's supposed to be the – like, anybody else. Like, you, I loved or grew to love every freaking character on the show. Yeah, because when you dislike their attitude or how they're introduced, they yeah, like you said, they end up humanizing them or kind of, like, explaining – why they are the way they are and then all along the way they're touched by ted lasso and mm -hmm. like brought into this like circle of positivity and then you're like oh i do i like all of them and i think i i loved how they with ted yes he's he's super overly positive and i hate that about most humans that i'm around because a lot of times when you get these oh these people that are like yo you got to think positive think positive think positive think positive it's like you can't 
you're not allowed to think realistically at all. Like, so if something does, something bad does happen, it's like they can't handle it. And that's what drives me nuts. And they, so you hate Ted Lasso's in real life, but you like them on TV screen. No, no, no. And I think that because I think the, the super optimists aren't real, but Ted, like when they, when certain things, like he does cry, he does when bad things happened. And then when he lost it on Jamie Tart, like, Again, like I think that was it. It's like they did. He, you know, he had emotional breakdown on the one episode, right? So it's like from his um, marital issues. So like I think they even that they to show that right when you think like he's gonna just Jamie Tart smarts off to him about practice again, and he's hurt because he can't practice. Like that was one of my favorite episodes because you think Ted's just gonna like talk about roll practice over again. Yeah, talk about practice. <laughs> and he doesn't. He freaking screams at him, and he's pointing in his face, and he just he just gets mad, and everyone is just super inspired by it at the same time because they just they like this guy's a douche. He needs to be put in his place, and right when you think Ted's just gonna be the ultimate optimist again, and he's just gonna oh golly gee and walk away, like he stops and he just hammers him, and that's great. I mean, I think that's more realistic than the people who can't handle. You know, when they do the fake optimism and it's it's like that made it more legitimate for him. It makes his optimism more genuine. Yeah. Yeah, it was definitely – I mean, it was a great show. I would definitely uh, – I'm glad that you finally nagged me into – You're welcome, submission. asshole. You're welcome. So I hope all of you guys watch it. It's definitely a pick-me-up. Yeah, I like it, man. I think this was a solid episode. You got anything? They're all solid. Uh, yeah, except it's, for episode four, that was a little, little bit rough. The production quality <laughs> issues. It's really a roller coaster. Yeah. You never know if it's going to sound good one week. If we're going to talk like about garbage one week, like you got to come back. It's it's must listen to podcast. Yeah, right you're either going to watch us. Yeah, you can listen to us like really do good or listen to us suck. One of the two. But as always, thanks for listening. Appreciate it, guys. Have a good week, Steve-O. Yeah, man. Thanks. I appreciate it. Uh, a lot of good stuff happening next. I think we got a couple weeks and can't wait to introduce the segment of uh, Beer with a Buddy. That's coming. That's right. I'm Hit us up, buddies, it. if you want on. Cliffhanger. Cliffhanger. All right. See you guys. See you guys. Bye. This has been the beyond our service podcast if you like what you heard please subscribe review tell your friends all about us this show can be found everywhere major podcasts are available and if you'd like to reach out please head over to beyondourservice.com and let us know what you think find out how you can be a part of the show see you next time